Welcome to Victory Christian Center's audio podcast. We hope this message encourages you, and we look forward to connecting with you on social media or FCCFMD.com. Pastor Ashley said, why don't you start sharing, why don't you speak on a Sunday and share why you're here and what God is doing. That's the next video. <laughs> and, um, and I was doubly excited when I found out that it's National BGMC Day, because I used to be a children's pastor, and BGMC, um, every month we would have a lesson on BGMC, and it taught not only the kids, but me, to have a heart for God's mission around the world, not just here in the States. BGMC isn't just around the world. It's not just world missions. It's also home missions. But I was so excited to learn about BGMC and to learn some true mission stories, things that are, are um, facts. You know, people can't dispute them. These are real-life eyewitnesses to God working in the lives of people around the world as people are faithful to go and do the mission that God has called them to do in whatever part of the world they're in. So I was really excited that today is BGMC Day, and we do have a March Missions Madness Challenge, and that is, you'll hear more about it at the end, but that's to raise each individual, not just the kids, at least $31 this month to give to BGMC. That's our mission. Now, the goal uh, beginning at the, at the month was the 31 days in March, a dollar a day. You know, you can easily do that by giving up. Just a soda, you know? <laughs> but um, kids, you can raise the money doing different things. We can we can all probably raise that very easily. Do some extra chores, sell some candy, you know, do mm-hmm. some baked good, offer to mow somebody's lawn. You know, this week's going to be really warm and the grass is going to be growing. <laughs> offer to do some chores, get the lawn ready for spring. All kinds of stuff we can do to raise $31. Mm-hmm. So that's the March Missions Madness Challenge. But then when I started looking into this year's uh, campaign for BGMC, for National Sunday, I saw that there was a true mission story regarding Africa, which is the country that God has put on my heart to, um, to go in as part of Heart to Hands International and help marginalized communities. So let's watch this quick video about how BGMC has joined with Africa. Mm-hmm. 
Hi, David and Mary Boyd here, and we are all the way across the ocean in the country of Kenya, and uh, we are in Nairobi, and we are here with Kenya Kids, and these are a wonderful bunch of kids. God is doing great things in their lives. This phone, provided by people like you all across America that help give, has taken uh, these kids off of the streets and places where they didn't have a place to live, and now they've got beds, good food to eat, and uh, BGMC is here, and each of these kids got a backpack today. Thank you for your giving to BGMC. It's filled with school supplies. You're making a difference when you give to BGMC, and you're making a difference in their lives. And they're growing up to love Jesus and serve Jesus their entire lives. they got the joy of Jesus inside of their heart, and they love Jesus with all their heart. You guys love Jesus? Yes! That was pretty good, and that wasn't planned. <laughs> stainless steel cups provided by BGMC. The, the plastic cups kept getting eaten by rats, believe it or not, and the rats won't touch the stainless steel. Plus, it'll keep them healthier, and it's easier to clean them and all those sorts of things. They can sterilize them. And there's 325 kids. They all got fed a good meal today in one of these big old pots. Lots of adults. BGMC has sent money not only to orphanages and to kids' ministries across the ocean in Africa, there's also other um, adult ministries and other um, adult venues that BGMC has supported, even though it's the kids raising the money for the most part. Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. So sometimes the boys and girls involve their parents or their grandparents or their neighbors in that challenge. Now, my very first trip is going to be the end of May, and I'm so excited because I have been invited to go to Kenya, and I'll be going with part of a team with another Assembly of God pastor. I'll be taking some Bibles that um, we I meant to bring one to show you. It's a fire Bible. The pastors that are going through the local ministry training centers in, um, in Kenya don't always have their own Bible. They, they get all this training, they get ordained, and they're, they're sent off to start a church or to, to pastor a church that already exists, and very often they don't have their own printed Bible to preach from. So the group that I'm going with has, in the past, given Bibles to some pastors, and the, um, the one story that I heard that made me think, oh, I've got to just take some Bibles and let them do what they want with them, um, a, a pastor had his Bible stolen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wow. So it, it was stolen, and so the prayer was, well, let's let that person be convicted by the word, Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let your word get to their heart, you know, and let them enter into a relationship. But pastors um, need to be equipped. And so this true mission story, this really happened, you have to, you have to just trust that God is working and that when you're obedient, he will do miracles. Yeah. This true mission story involves um, BGMC, Africa's Hope, which is the ministry that I have joined, going to Africa to train and equip ministers, and um, 
something that happened in Nairobi, Kenya. So this uh, true mission story involves a pastor named Daniele and his brother named James. Now, they were expelled from their church because they preached the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then a revival broke out amongst yeah. their people. And so many, many of the Maasai tribes people came to know Jesus and were filled with the Holy Spirit. There were healings. There were people um, delivered from demonic um, possession and oppression. So this was in itself a miracle because the Maasai tribe is very warlike and fierce. And they had been very resistant to even hearing the gospel, let alone converting but the Holy Spirit, when he was introduced and his power began to work on the people's hearts, obviously, he was not to be stopped. Awesome. So Daniele and his brother James were expelled. They didn't know what to do, so they had no choice. They left the church. And I'm going to jump ahead to the next part of my message because we need to remember what the last two years have been like for us as Christians, not just here in the States, but around the world. We were expelled from our church building, weren't we? Yeah. From our local gatherings. We were kicked out because of COVID. Well, they were kicked out because of preaching the Holy Spirit and what was happening in the Great Revival. They had 400 tribesmen follow them when they were expelled from the church. Wow. They went with them. They tried to find a building that where they could meet. Someone gave them, I think there's a picture of a mud hut, this mud church that they were given. They had that place, but it wasn't big enough. So they gathered around a tree. And there's a picture, an actual picture of them worshiping under a thorn tree. Daniele uh, put a cross up by the tree, and that's where they met for prayer. That's where they met for the worship service and the preaching and teaching of the word. And they did that for a while, and the, the church continued to grow. More and more people came to know Jesus. And the chief of the village came to them and said, you can no longer meet as a church unless you join an official church. Remember, they had been expelled from their church. So they were told they had to join an official church. So then again, they're wondering, what in the world are they going to do? How are they going to know which official church group to join with? So Daniele had a dream of a red-faced white man. And he started looking for this red-faced white man. And he had his church members and his leaders. They actually planted multiple churches in villages all around with all of the 400 men that left the original church. So they're looking and they're trying to find an official church group that they can join. And when they were looking, they, they had some that were Pentecostal. You know, they believed in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and the power of God is still evident for today. But they never saw a red-faced white man. So they just kept looking. They didn't join any of those groups. And then one day, as they were out looking around, uh, a Assembly of God pastor, a Maasai Assembly of God pastor, saw Daniele and his brother James, and he told them, there is a pastor's meeting back in Nairobi that is taking place. And it was a 150-mile trip for them to take to get there. But they said they were going to go and um, see if this official church was something that they could um, connect with. So they went, and at the pastor's meeting, they got there a little bit late, so it was really crowded. A lot of people were in there. But lo and behold, they walk in, and sitting at a table was this man who had a red face, although he was a white man, and he had a loud voice. That was another part of his dream. The man had a loud voice. 
And so they knew this was the man and they got so excited. And his name was, let me go back and make sure I get it right. Um, I knew I would forget his name if I didn't highlight it. <laughs> He's one of our Assembly of God missionaries. Um, his name is something Gordon. Glenn Ford. Where do I get Gordon? I don't know. Glenn Ford <laughs> is his name. He's a U.S. or um, African missionary from the Assemblies of God. And he was there helping to train pastors in Kenya, in Nairobi. So they saw him, and immediately the two of them said, that's it, we're signing up. Sign us up with the Assemblies of God. So then they went back home, and they told their church, and they told everybody about how this dream came true, how God had showed him the specific man that they should join with his official church. And when they told the 400 men who were part of their church, guess what they did? They joined the Assemblies of God as well. And so they became an official Assemblies of God church in Kenya. A little while after they all joined, Glenn Ford and his wife went to visit the church. And one of the men stood up and told the story about how um, the pastor, Daniele, had had a uh, vision, a dream from God that this was the right direction for the church to go. And this was who they should join with. And they actually established in um, Kenya a, a satellite or a remote Bible training center for all of the men who wanted to be pastors of these little house and village churches that they were planting. You see, the need for preachers in Africa is great. I mean, the population alone warrants a, a higher number of pastors than what are there, evangelists and missionaries. Um, many African pastors, though, that are raised in their villages and they hear the gospel and they get saved and they get filled with the Spirit and they have this passion to tell their brothers about Jesus, they're not trained in Bible. They, they, there are very few print Bibles, remember, mm -hmm. especially in their own language, Swahili. So they um, established this East African School of Theology in Nairobi. And then they started a satellite school. So Africa's Hope and BGMC helped this little church. Well, 400 people to me is not a little church. Right? <laughs> but this group of people in the Maasai tribe established over 150 churches. Wow. wow. And now, just at the base of Mount Kilimanjaro, there is an extension Bible school from that school in uh, Nairobi. They meet there, and they have their own materials printed in their own Swahili language, mm -hmm. thanks to the donations of BGMC. Mm -hmm. So Africa's Hope and BGMC go hand in hand. It's not just for kids. When you hear BGMC, you tend to think, oh, that's a kid's campaign. It's not just for kids. Little kids have a lot of faith and can do a lot of things, trust me. I went the, the privilege of going on a BGMC mission trip with a couple boys from the church where I was a children's pastor. And let me tell you, it was life-changing for all of us. All of us, not just the two boys. When we went on this BGMC mission trip, we went to the Apache Reservation here in the United States. And we saw firsthand, basically, uh, third world country living conditions here in our own country. And one of the boys, they were both 10 years old, one of them was so touched in his heart and got such a passion to help the Apache um, children in particular. He went home and he talked to his mom and dad about it. He said they, they have a five-year minimum waiting list to get a house built. Whenever uh, an Indian on a reservation turns 18 years old, 
They are entitled to an acre of land and a house. And they, they weren't getting it because of political games inside of the tribe and also because of the back of all. So he said, can't we go in and help them? Can't we go in and help build these homes for these people that are waiting? They have kids. They need to, to get um, in under shelter. I mean, I'm not kidding. We're talking like a little shack with no running water, no heat, no air conditioning. Hello. <laughs> well, they're at the top of the mountain. They didn't really need air conditioning. But not even a, a wooden door on the doorway, just a curtain, if that. Someone would just open. And we were told, somebody lives there. Somebody lives there. And we were going around canvassing for people to come out for our neighborhood outreach, knock on every single door. And then people were there. We did. So this boy got motivated. What was in his heart then became hands of action. He took his heart, told his parents about it, told the missionary that we had gone to the reservation with, and they established a way to go back and to build. Unfortunately, they wouldn't allow us to build from scratch, but we could go in and renovate. We could go in and update the buildings that were already in existence. So we went back another time, and that's what we did. We did some kids outreach in the afternoon, which was amazing, but we also had a crew that did electrical work and carpentry work and renovated and prepared um, repaired some of the homes so that they could have a safer place for their kids to, to live. Excuse me. So that's what God has put on my heart as from experiences like that. He's put it on my heart that I need to take that passion that he has put in my heart for people, for his will to be done on earth as it's done in heaven, for his gospel to go forward, for his kingdom to advance and put it into action, put it into my hands and my feet. And not just think about it, pray about it, and say, oh, yeah, that's a great thing. But I need to get my hands dirty. Mm -hmm. I need to get in there and do the work that he has put on my heart to do. So we talked about how they were expelled from their church, right? Pastor Daniele was expelled from his, his church. Talked about how we, uh, in this recent years, have been expelled from our building. Although that's not the church. You know, we're the church, right? <laughs> We've been expelled from the building. And so our usual way of doing ministry has been disrupted. But that doesn't change what our mission is. Right? Amen. That does not change what Jesus said. Look at what Jesus said. It's recorded in Mark and then again in Matthew. In Mark 16, 15, he said, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Now, what's the good news? The good news is that Jesus has come. He is the Messiah, the promised way for every single man, woman, and child to be reunited with our Heavenly Father after being separated because of sin. That's the good news. And in Matthew 28, he said his, some of his final words to his disciples, to those who follow him. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always even to the end of the age. Go into all the world, all the nations, not just here in the United States and not just Africa, all the nations included. Jesus has given us a mission. The question now, because we've been expelled from the building and yeah, we're starting to come back, but you know what? Not everyone has come back. That's right. Not everyone has chosen to come back to in-person. Some people are, are joining online because it's more convenient it works in their lifestyle. The timing even 
of when the service is. It just fits for them to be able to watch a recorded service rather than be there in person. Did you know, you know, how many of you have attended a Sunday night service? Sunday night worship service. Yes. A few of us. You know, that started as a result of the church being proactive during World War II. That was when the 24-hour shift became a reality because of the demand for supplies for the war effort. And as a result, there were so many people who could not attend their weekly church service on Sunday morning at 11, which was a convenience for the farmers, by the way. But they couldn't attend because of having to work. So the church came up with a Sunday night service wow. so that the fellowship and the encouragement and the reading of the word and the worshiping of the word and the, the community could continue. Mm. So the church was innovative in having that Sunday night service. Mm. Then our society kind of changed and that Sunday night service has now gone away. What are we going to do now? Mm. One of the things we're doing is online. We're recording sermons. We're recording services. We're reaching out online more than ever before. Not because we chose to necessarily. I was one who resisted there all the way till I had to because of COVID. But because it's necessary to get the gospel out to all people. All people. So what are we going to do here at Victory Christian Center? I'm curious to find out. There's many times throughout history that the church has been separated from their usual tradition been pushed out. You know, these men were expelled from their church. They were pushed out, and it made them grow even more. God knew what he was doing. They were separated from their comfort zone, their church home, and now they were out, and their their church was growing leaps and bounds. John, in um, the book of Revelation, we see where the apostle John (coughs) was pushed out. He was separated from his home. It says in in Revelation 1-9, He says, I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering and in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. Be careful if you pray for patience because he'll give it to you. I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. He was completely isolated from his church brothers and sisters. He was completely isolated. And that in that time... God spoke to him, and we now have the book of Revelation, God's plan for humanity. We see how it all ends because he was separated, and he was separated to hear what God had to say and record it for us today. So we as a church being pushed out, we need to not take that as a time to just sit back and and chill and not have the responsibility to spend time in prayer, to spend time connecting with brothers and sisters in Christ, to not have the responsibility of growing in our relationship with the Lord. We need to remember we've been separated, isolated from that which was comfortable, our traditional way of doing things, so that we could hear God. In the beginning, God created the whole world, right? And he put everything that was chaos in order. In the Gospel of John, this same Apostle John, we believe, is the one that wrote the Gospel and Revelation. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word created everything. I'm just paraphrasing that. (laughs) We as the church, we as Jesus' disciples who were told to go into all the world and preach the good news, and to go and make disciples, baptizing them, teaching them to obey... 
we have that responsibility to bring order into this chaotic world. We bring the order because Jesus is in us. His spirit is in us. When we enter into a room, we can either bring chaos with us and confusion and frustration, or we can bring his peace, his joy, his mercy, his love. It's up to us. We get that when we hear him and we hear his passion for people. We also get that when we spend time in prayer as we're separated. I don't know about you, but I'm really sensitive when it comes to my relationship with the Lord. And when I'm in prayer, I need to be completely alone. I, I don't need people around when it's me and the Lord being intimate. Pastor Ashley's laughing. She knows. <laughs> I just need to be by myself. And that way, I can be completely myself. I mean, you know he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He created you. He designed you. And the moment you accept Jesus as your Savior, he releases inside of you that new birth, that heart that he sees as pure and holy because you're clothed in Jesus' righteousness. And in that growing relationship, you can grow deeper and more intimate with him. So I need to have my conversations with God quiet and alone. And that's when I hear him best. And that's when he just pours into me his heart. Although I have to tell you, during worship today, he poured into me today. I heard him so clearly saying that he loves each one of us. He's just anointing us. In fact, he reminded me that um, when the elders bow down in heaven and cry, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, all of heaven bows down. Yes. All of heaven yes. joins in. And we were joining that heavenly yes. host today. Yes. And it was so strong in my spirit. It was just new that he had a word for us today. There's a word for us today. He wants to speak to us all the time. The question is, are we listening? Yeah. Are we listening? It takes commitment, being intentional, to separate ourselves from what we know and what we do and spend time in prayer. Spend time in prayer. You know, the church was separated. I'm not going to go into all the details, but the church was separated because of persecution. Just like John, who was plucked out and put on the island of Patmos, the whole church was scattered from Jerusalem because they were being persecuted. Remember this man named Saul and how he stood and he watched and he was one who was chasing the church and hunting down people who followed Christ? So that he could persecute them. He wanted to arrest them. It didn't matter if they were a man or a woman. He was going to arrest them and throw them in jail until they turned what turned from following Christ. Because they, he did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. But what did God do? Because Paul had to follow them down those Roman roads that were created for trade. That made it so easy for them to escape Jerusalem. To go to different towns. And they were still preaching the gospel everywhere they went. They were scattered and they still were preaching Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the Messiah. And as Paul chased them, we know him as Paul now, Jesus met him on that road. Jesus met him and introduced him to the true Messiah. Completely changed his life. And if it weren't for Paul, we would not have uh, probably two-thirds of the New Testament, a big portion of it. Persecution pandemic, being expelled from a church, all of those things God allows for us to be separated so that we can hear from him, so that we can then share God with other people. That's his goal, for us to share God. 
So we're separated to share God. I have, I think you have a slide of the Victory logo, Victory Christian Center. A mission statement, I got this off the website, I hope it's still current. <laughs> it says to be all things to all people in Frederick for Frederick. I'm sure it's current because I've heard it. So if we're to be all things to all people in Frederick for Frederick, how does that look now? Now that, that we've been liberated from being tied to a building. Yeah. Although it's great that the building's getting some renovations and being ready for when we do have group gatherings. It's good that we are now being forced to look at new ways yeah. of sharing the gospel. Yeah. New ways of sharing the gospel. John wrote this big revelation. You know how God has this plan for all of humanity, right? Jesus gave us our mission, and John actually recorded how it's going to end. He recorded for us in Revelation 22, verse 12. Look, I am coming soon. Who's that speaking? Who knows? Who's speaking? Jesus. Jesus, yes. Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people, all people, according to their deeds. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the beginning and the end, and he knows everything in between. He who is faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. You see, BGMC has a motto. It's called pray, give, go. Three little words to help kids remember. When you think of God's mission and your life, your part in it, that is your part. You either pray, you either give, or you go, or you do any combination of all three. That is our mission according to what Jesus uh, commanded us to do. He invites us, little created beings, to be on his kingdom growth committee. Mm -hmm. His kingdom. We have a part. Yes. How, how humbling is that? Humbling. Amazing. Prayer is the lifeline that connects us, all of God's children, to his perspective. If we're neglecting our prayer life, if we're neglecting the um, time that we spend in his word and in his spirit, we're going to miss his perspective, not only about people around the world, but in our own life. If we want to know what the Father thinks of me, or if you want to know what the Father thinks of you, ask him. Just ask him, and he will tell you. He'll send somebody along your way to give you a word of encouragement. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a prayer meeting with other people and we've had a moment where rather than praying for things, we've been told, go and pray for one another, lay hands and, and just speak whatever the Lord tells you for that person. And so many people have told me, God wants you to know he loves you. God loves you. Your father loves you. I mean, I can't even count the number of times. If you want to know how God sees you and what he thinks of you, just ask him. and He will let you know. So this prayer is the foundation to fuel the Holy Spirit inside of us. He is the one who prays words that we don't even understand. He knows the perfect will of the Father when we don't. So how are you praying in these uncertain days? Things are happening in our world that are chaotic. War in Ukraine. Economic strife here in the States. Things are happening. And they're out of our control. How are you praying? 
Are you praying for your family, for their health, for their um, safety, for security? Are you praying for uh, people to come to know the Lord Jesus as a result of these difficulties? How are you praying? Have you asked the Lord to show you his perspective of his church? If you don't ask, how will you know? Ask the Lord his perspective of his church. Because you know, as great as, as Pastor Ashley is, as great as the founding fathers of this church are or were, if they're, I don't know if they're still alive, <laughs> it's Jesus' church. Yes. It's no person's. Right. I don't care how much blood, sweat, and tears have been invested in this congregation, this organization. It's Jesus' yes. church. Part of a bigger global church. Yeah, right, right. So have you asked him? What's his perspective of his church? Ask him to show you where you can use your skills, your talents, your abilities and experiences for his church, for his kingdom to expand, not just globally, but here. And as it expands here, I'm telling you, it will expand globally. If every single person that calls themselves a Christian, which literally means little Christ, a follower of Jesus, we're little minis of Jesus. I, I shudder to think because I know I'm far from it. <laughs> but his grace, thank you, Jesus. Yes. If we are truly living the Christian life, a disciple, a student of him, a follower of him, then we will have an impact if each person is doing their part. And for such a time as this, just like we heard Wednesday night, we are all here in this generation to reach this generation yes. with the gospel of Jesus. So I encourage you, if the Lord puts it on your heart, to go across the street and talk to a neighbor that you haven't talked to in years, or maybe you've never even met because, hey, that's our society today, especially with COVID where people are locked in their homes and they're working from home. They're not even going out to go to work. Do it. Don't give an excuse. Don't say, oh, no, they, they won't want to hear me. They won't want to meet me. If the Lord puts it on your heart, do it. Yes. And I can tell you a hint about questioning whether or not it's the Lord's will, what the Lord's really telling me. Satan's never going to tempt you to go out and meet your neighbor. <laughs> He's not going to tempt you to go across the street and just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. Can I pray for you? <laughs> Satan doesn't want that. He wants us distracted by our own issues. Oh, woe is me, Lord. Mm -hmm. Right. So do your part. I encourage you, do your part. Live a prayerful, obedient life and give as the Spirit prompts you. You know, BGMC is a fundraising campaign for children. So here's the challenge. Giving is more than money. We can all throw money at it. The church's downfall is that we have been throwing money at professional vocational ministers yes. and uh, putting our hands off of doing the ministry that God has called us to do. When we come together on a Sunday morning, every single person in here should be coming to be refueled to go out yes. throughout the week yes. and be the church of Jesus Christ, proclaiming his good news, yes. using words if necessary, but definitely yeah. by our lifestyle and by our living. Giving is not just finances. Now, having said it's more than finances, that's true, but we do still have a financial budget to raise for BGMC, <laughs> and we still have a financial budget to raise for missionaries, and pray, give, and go 
They are all three integrated and they are all related to our heart, having the heart of God. We have the heart of God because if we do, all the stuff we own here on earth is just rust and rubble. It really is. It'll blow away with the wind. When Jesus returns and he is coming again, yes. when he takes us into eternity, that's all going to be worthless. So give it all away. John knows that's my motto, and it makes him cringe every time I say it. <laughs> give it all away. He's the, he's the fiscally responsible one. I'm the giver in the family. Just give it all away. <laughs> we don't need it. What do we need it for? Jesus told us how we should pray. And this is how I want us to close today, asking the Lord to show us how we can be a part. Because he told us in Luke 10, too, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord, who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Ask him your part, whether it is to give finances to support someone that is called to go, whether it is to pray, which we should all be praying anyway, whether it's to pray for those people that are called to go, to pray for your neighbor, or to go yourself. He's the one who has a plan and a purpose before you were even born. He has all the good, de good deeds lined up for you. All you have to do is walk in them. Before we get to the chocolate, let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that when we ask you, Jesus, you give abundantly above and beyond anything we ever asked or imagined. And you put in our hearts, Lord Jesus, those things that are the Father's perspective. His heart burns within us when we simply ask you for your perspective. And Jesus, I ask that each person here today would be challenged in their heart and that they would have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to them. That if they haven't been baptized in your Holy Spirit, if they haven't experienced that initial speaking in tongues, knowing that there is a God of the universe, that Jesus made possible this Holy Spirit to pray in us and through us and intercede on behalf of others and even intercede on behalf of ourselves because you, Holy Spirit, know exactly what we need and you know exactly what the Father's will is. Lord, I ask that you will just prick in our hearts and our minds a desire that was not there before. Put inside of each one of us a spark, Lord Jesus, that cannot be squelched. A spark of your Holy Spirit to ignite within us that we would go forward from this day, Lord Jesus, bold and confident and determined. Commitment, Lord Jesus, to do your will, your way, to advance your kingdom here in Frederick County, Lord Jesus. Throughout the city, let this, um, this little house, Lord Jesus, be the light that shines in the darkness. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunities that you've already given. We look forward to, Lord Jesus, more opportunities expanding your borders. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus, for the Spanish-speaking church that has joined with us, Lord, the community that is so um, populated, heavily populated with those who don't understand English. And yet, Lord Jesus, you have sent a pastor who knows their language and can speak in their language. And, Lord, you do that around the globe, and we thank you for that, Father. Lord, we thank you so much for what you're doing, and we look forward to celebrating 
the things that you do, Lord, when we come back together, not, Lord Jesus, to, to sit and to say, woe is me, and to share our burdens, although there is a place for that. We know, Lord Jesus, that we have a celebration to look forward to, a celebration of how you have provided miraculously, how you have made a way where there seemed to be no way. You've removed the obstacles that were in the way, and we thank you for that, Jesus. Lord, we look forward to coming back together anointed and renewed and refueled for your kingdom work to be accomplished in us. In Jesus' precious name, Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to Victor Christian Center's audio podcast. We look forward to connecting with you on our social media or at FCCFMD.com.